I'm recording this daf. This is Sunday's daf recording at Masih Shabbos. Give everybody an opportunity to get a little bit of a head start on, on Sunday's daf. Just a reminder, Rabbi Richter is giving this year live in Shul and Mirat Hashem Sunday morning, following the first meeting at approximately 8 a.m. But uh, let's let's begin together in Mirat Hashem. So today's daf is Memvav 46. And we are picking up in Mirat Hashem on the bottom of Memhem at Bez. Let's pick up by the two dots. So it is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, about twelve lines up from the bottom. So the Gimar so the Gimara said as follows, Kimaseu Bachol. Excuse me, actually, let's Kimaseu Bachol. Let's pick up there. So the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, quoting the Mishnah, Kimaseu Bachol. The Mishnah then goes on to say, quoting Rabbi Yochan Memberoka, that Rabbi Yochan Memberoka said, Chorios Shaldekel Hayu Mavin, Vichov Tinosa Bakarka. They would bring Lulavim. They bring lulavim, and they would beat the lulavim against the ground, and ultimately again, and that day they would call the beating of the the beating of the lulavim. So why does Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka have this practice? So the Gemara says, "I, Amar of Huna, my time with Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. What's Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka's logic? Why would he require the taking of the lulav and beating it down against the ground?" To which the Gemara says, "Tchsev kapos shkapos." The pasuk refers to lulav, calls lulav kapos tomorrow. Kapos is plural. Shnaim. Echad lulav ve'echad l'mizbech. To teach us that you take the really the lulav twice. Once the lulav is used as part of the process of the dalad minim, and the second time the lulav is used in the in the in the service right by the mizbech, which was the the hitting of the lulavim against the ground. For Rabbanon Amri, kapos ksib. The Rabbanon agree that the word is written kapos. It's true, but it's written without a vav. It's written chaser. So because it's written without a chaser, ultimately it's only one lulav, and that's the lulav taken for dalad minim. Rabbi Levi Omer Katamar. Rabbi Levi says that the reason why Rabbi Yochanan ben Miroka feels that there's a special service with the lulav is because the lulav, right, the, the lulav comes from the date palm, the tamar. What's unique about the tamar, the date palm? Ma tamar ze eno elalev echod, af yisol ein lahem elalev shema shamayim. To teach us as follows, just like the tamar, the date palm, has only one heart, has only one center, Rashi says over here, Kitamar, time with Rabbi Yochanan and Baraka, Lav Mikran Nafik, El Svara, Shimin Yafel Likibos and Shayisrael. So, according to this approach, Rabbi Yochanan and Baraka does not derive this practice from a Pasik, but really, again, it's the metaphorical meaning or the metaphorical or the imagery of what the Lulav, the date palm, represents. So, Rabbi Yochanan and Baraka holds like this He says, the Lulav has only one heart. One heart, meaning one center. One center. So too, the Gemara says, So just like the Lulav has only one center, one heart, so to speak, so to Klal Yisrael only has one heart for HaKadosh Baruch. And the beauty of this is, what Rav Yochanan ben Baruch is saying is like this, sometimes you can't judge a Jew by his behavior. So sometimes I may act in a way that looks like I don't love Hashem, but just like the Lulav has only one center, one heart, so too I only have one heart for HaKadosh Baruch Maybe my behaviors don't always look that way, but my behaviors aren't always reflective of the lave that I have. So the Gemara says, so now we transition a little bit to a fascinating sugya regarding the brachas. So here you have over here as follows. Rabbi Huda says, name is Shmuel, that you make a bracha over Lulav all seven days, but sukkah you only make a bracha on the first day. My time, Lulav de Mifsiki Lelos Miyamim, Koyoma Mitzaba and Benafshehu. Sukkah de Lomifsiki Lelos Miyamim, Kulo Shiva Kehad Yoma Arichadamu. Very interesting. So, according to this approach of Shmuel, 
because lulav, you can't fulfill the mitzvah of lulav by night. You can only fulfill it by day. So when nightfall comes, it ends the mitzvah of that day. So each and every day is its own self-contained mitzvah, reflected in the fact that each and every day of lulav gets its own bracha. Sukkah is different because the halacha by sukkah, sukkah applies by day and by night. So therefore, the way we look at sukkah is mitzvah arichta, one long mitzvah. One long mitzvah, and because it's one long mitzvah, when you make the bracha on the first day, that's enough to take you through the entire yom. Just the opposite. Sukkah, you make a bracha every day, seven brachas, and lulav only one day. My time, what's the reason? So he says, since... Sukkah's midaraisa, you have to sit in the sukkah midaraisa all seven days. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, you have to go ahead and make a bracha all seven days. Lulav dirabanan, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in just a moment. But lulav, which is dirabanan, ultimately, again, is enough if you make a bracha on one day. Now, Rashi says over here, Afapishan is called Shiva Zechel Amikdash, in Mebarchimbo El Yom Rishon, Shumina Torah. What the Yomar really means to say is like this that really by Lulav and Esther, only the first day is Daraisa, right? It's true in the Beis HaMikdash, they took it all seven days, and in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, we take it seven days, Zecher Mikdash, but the Ikra Mitzvah is only one day, so because that, you only make one bracha. So an interesting machlokas about, between Lulav, about regarding, what, do you make one bracha, seven brachos, two different opinions. So the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Yochanan, Ki Asa Rabin, Am Rabbi Yochanan, when Rabin came along, he quoted the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the following idea, Echazeh Ve'echazeh Shiva, both sukkah as well as lulav, we make a bracha each of the seven days. Each day is considered to be its own independent mitzvah, and you make a bracha all seven days. Amrav Yosef, Nokit Dirabah Bar Barchana Biyadacha, adapt the approach of Rabbah Bar Barchana. Now, what he's talking about over here is Rabbah Bar Barchana Dafka by sukkah. Rabbah Bar Barchana said that by sukkah, you make a bracha all seven days. So the Gemara says over here that we pass like Rabbi Barachana, why the Kulu Amoroi Kaimei Kabasei Bisoka? Because all of the other Amoroim help like him by Soka. Okay, so so far we have a machlokas. One opinion saying Lulav one bracha, Soka seven. One opinion saying Lulav seven bracha, Soka seven. One opinion saying both Lulav as well as Soka get a bracha all seven. Let's continue. Meisvei, the Gemara is the Kasha Tap of Membava Medalev. Haosa Lulav liatzmo, Omer Barach Shechiyon Vikimano Vigyan Alazmanazah. When a person goes in and makes their Lulav, now Rashi explains over here what does it mean making your Lulav? It means binding your Lulav together on Arab Yamtiv. When you bind your lulav together on Arab Yamtiv, in the act of binding, you say the brach of Shechianu. It's interesting. Shechianu, he Gemara says, not lulav says, but when you pick it up on the first day of Yamtiv to fulfill the mitzvah, Omer Baruch Hasher Kidisham Mitzvah Al Natilas Lulav. So when you're binding the lulav together on Arab Yamtiv, you make Shechianu. And then when you take the lulav on Yamtiv itself, you say Asher Kidisham Mitzvah Al Natilas Lulav, the Birchas Mitzvah. And even though you made a bracha on the first day, you make a bracha all seven days. So remember again, this supports the opinion that says you make a bracha all seven days on Lulav, but it contradicts the opinion that said you only make a bracha one day on Lulav. Okay. Similarly, the Brice says, If a person makes a sukkah for themselves, when you make your sukkah, you recite Shechianu on the building of the sukkah. Nichnas le shevba when you go in to sit in your sukkah. Omer baruch asher kiddusham sasav itzivano le shevba sukkah. You make the bracha of le shevba sukkah when you fulfill the mitzvah. The chayvan shebeirch yom rishon shuv enu mavarich. And once you make a bracha of le shevba sukkah on the first day of sukkahs, 
You don't make any more brachas on sukkah. So the Gemara says, Kash the lulav alulav, kash the sukkah. Sukkah is contradicts so what he said before. To which the Gemara says, Bishlama lulav alulav lo kashya. It's not a contradiction about lulav. Why not? Kan bizman shebeis hamikdash kaim. Kan bizman shebeis hamikdash kaim. One is talking about a case where the Beis HaMikdash is standing. When the Beis HaMikdash was standing, you would make a bracha all seven days on Lulav and Esrik in the Beis HaMikdash. So the rice that we just quoted above, when it says make a bracha on Lulav and Esrik all seven days, was talking about the Beis HaMikdash. The rice that we quoted earlier, the opinion we quoted earlier, say only make a bracha one day. That could be referring to the post-Temple era. So the Gemara says, Sukkah, Sukkah, Kashya. But what do I do about Sukkah? Which one is it? To make one bracha for all seven days or seven brachas, one bracha for each day. The Gemara says, Tanahi. In reality, this is a machlokes tanaim. Otherwise, we're going to what the machlokes tanaim is as follows that whenever you have a bracha that has like a prolonged observance, do you make one bracha? I'm sorry, whenever a mitzvah that has a prolonged observance, do you make one bracha at the beginning and that bracha takes you all the way through? Or do you have to go ahead and make a bracha at each and every interval? So, another example of this, Desanya, listen to this. Tfilin. Kolzman shemanichem avarechalehem dibe rebbe. Rebbe holds that Allah chalamaisa. Anytime you're putting on tefillin throughout the day, you go ahead and you make a bracha. And in fact, Rashi comments over here, right? If you were to go ahead and put on, put on and take off your tefillin a hundred times throughout the day, Rebbe holds that you would make a bracha each and every time. Now again, Rashi points out, therefore Rebbe would also hold that by sukkah, every single time you go into the sukkah, Ultimately, it's its own independent mitzvah, therefore gets its own bracha. Just like every act of laying tefillin is its own bracha, is its own mitzvah, excuse me, therefore gets its own bracha. So to every act of going into the sukkah is its own bracha. The Chacham disagree. The Chacham say, The Chacham disagree and they say, no, On tefillin, you only make one bracha in the morning and that's it. That's it. So to, again, what you'd have to say, is that Allah according to the Chachamim, once you make a bracha on the first day of Sukkot, the first day of that takes you all the way through. Because in this respect, Sukkot will be different than Tefillin. Because when you make a bracha on Tefillin, that bracha might last you for the day. But remember, the midst of Tefillin is only by day, not at night. So by definition, the bracha comes to an end at nightfall. So the next day will automatically require its own bracha. The mitzvah of sukkah, once it begins, it extends continuously, day and night, through the entirety of sukkahs. Therefore, again, one bracha would be enough. The Rava Amar Rava said, so I'm sorry, Itmar, Abai Amar Hilchus Rebbe. Abai says that halacha is like Rebbe, namely that halacha lamaisa, you put and make a bracha on tefillin every single time, you put it on, take it off, and so too on sukkah, you make a bracha every time you go in. The Rava Amar Hilchus Rabbanon. Rava, on the other hand, said, no, the halacha is like the Rabbanon. Amar Abmari, so Rabmari, the son, I'm sorry, Rav Mari Barad de Shmuel, the son of the daughter of Shmuel, he said as follows, I saw that Rav did not go according with his psaq. Rav just said that Allah follows the Chachamin, which means that when you make a bracha on Tulum in the morning, one bracha takes care of you the entire day. So comes along Rav Mari and he says, I saw Rav and he didn't do that. What did Rav do? Listen to this, Rav was wearing his Tulum. He would, when he was wearing his Tulum, he had to go to the bathroom. He would take off his tefillin, come out of the bathroom, v'nafek u'mashiyad, he'd wash his hands, u'manach tefillin, he put his tefillin back on, u'mevarech, and he'd make another bracha. V'chi itzterech zimna achrina, when he would have to go to the bathroom again, ayol abeis akisi, go to the bathroom, nafek take, right, first he'd take off his tefillin, go to the bathroom, come out of the bathroom, mashiyad, he'd wash his hands, u'manach tefillin, u'mevarech, and ultimately again, so you see, even Rava 
Every single time he took off and put on his tefillin, he would make a bracha. And we also paskin like Rebbe, and therefore, So we paskin like Rebbe on two counts. Number one, if a person does put on tefillin repeatedly throughout the day, one would make a bracha on each and every time one puts on tefillin. Now, if a person's wearing tefillin, let's say I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm going to take off my tefillin, but I have kavana, I'm going to put my tefillin back on. When I put my tefillin back on, I do not have to make another bracha. I don't make another bracha. But let's say I daven shachris and whatever, I, I, I have a I have moment of his odorous, so I want to put on tefillin. You can, you can put on tefillin whenever you want during the day. If I put it on again, I make another bracha. So too by sukkah, mevarchen kol shiva. We make a bracha each and every day of sukkah. So paskin halacha lemaisa, that not only do we make a separate bracha each and every day, but remember, if you're in your sukkah and then you leave, then you leave for some significant amount of time, or you have a hesachadas that you're not coming back into your sukkah, then you come back in, you make another leishe basoka. So essentially, we make a leishe basoka every single time there is a new performance of the mitzvah, whether that's once a day or multiple times per day. I saw Rav Papi, that's Rav Papi, whenever he would put on tefillin, he would always make a bracha. Rabbanon Dvei Rav Ashi, the Rabbanon, right in the Shiva Rav Ashi, called Imas Demesham Shibuhum Mabarachi. It's interesting, the Rabbanon Rav Ashi's Yeshiva, every time they would touch their tefillin, or move their tefillin, they would go ahead and make a bracha. So the Gemara says, I'm Rav Yudom Shmuel. So first of all, before we go on, I'll just point out over here, Rashi points out, interestingly enough, that we pass in, that we make a bracha, on Sukkah all seven days. And of course, you know, we also make a bracha on Lulav all seven days. Now that bracha I'll only make once a day. When I first pick up the Lulav to go ahead and be out to the mitzvah. In other words, if I have a desire to pick up the Lulav later on in the day, I could do that, but there's no bracha on that. There's no bracha on that. So <clears throat> Rashi just happens to point out, it's Rashi Divriya Maschil. Rashi just points out over here that even though the mitzvah of Lulav is Dirabbanan, after day number one, we could still say a bracha of Asher because we make brachos on mitzvahs Dirabbanan, which we will discuss in depth in just a little bit. We make, even though again, Asher Kidesh sounds like it comes from the Torah, we make that bracha even on mitzvahs dirabanan. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, I'm not Yudam Shmuel. Mitzvahs lulav kol shiva. The mitzvah of lulav is all seven days. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Amar Yom Rishon, mitzvahs lulav. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, no, there's only one day, only the first day of the mitzvah of lulav. Mikan ve'elech mitzvah zekenim. From after the first day, it's a dirabanan. So on day number one, it's the raisa, the rest of the days are dirabanan. Listen to this. Rabbi Yitzchak, Amar, kol yoma mitzvahs zekenim v'afili yom rishon. Wow. Rabbi Yitzchak says, even the first day of Sukkis, the mitzvah of Lulav is only midrabanan. So the Gemara says, really? But we just, we've spent so much time focusing. That the first day is daraisa. No, no, no. Rather, what Rabbi Yitzchak meant was that every day except the first day is dirabanan. The first day is daraisa. That's case, he's saying the same thing as Rabbi Yitzchak and Levi. You're right. Rabbi Yitzchak is not actually coming to add anything. He's just coming to add his voice to the chorus, which supports the position of Rabbi Yosho ben Levi, namely that day number one of Lulav is Daraisa, and all the subsequent days are Dirabanan. Va'af Rav Savar kol Shiva Mitzvah Lulav. Rav also held that Allah Chalamai said that Lulav applies all seven days. Dam Rabbi Chiyabar Ashi Amar Rav Hamad Lik Ner Chanukah Sarich Levarich. 
if a person goes ahead and so remember now the Gemara is adding on over here that Rabbi Yitzchak held the name of Rab that you make a bracha on Lulav all seven days. Even though it's a derabanan, you make a bracha on Lulav all seven days. Where else do we see this that we make brachos on mitzvahs derabanan? Here we go. The Amrav Chia Bar Ashi Amrav Hamadlik Ner Shal Chanukah. Person lights the Chanukah candles. Tzarech Levarich. You have to make a bracha. Rabbi Yirmiyah Amar Haroa Ner Shal Chanukah Tzarech Levarich. If a person goes ahead and looks at the Ner Chanukah, they also have to make a bracha. My Mevarich. What bracha do you make? My Mevarich. So Amrav Yehuda Yomri Yishon Hamadlik Mevarich Shalosh. On the first night of Hanukkah, if you're lighting your own menorah, you make three brachos, which we'll discuss. If you're just being yotze through seeing someone else's menorah, you only make two brachos. After the first night, madlik if you're first wide line, if you're lighting your own menorah, you make two brachos. And one who fulfills the by looking at someone else's menorah only makes one bracha. Umay mevarich. What's the bracha? Baruch asher kiddushah mitzvah v'tzivana lahadlik ner shachanika. So just first of all, we'll have to go over this halacha. We know this. First line of Hanukkah, if you're lighting your own menorah, three brachas. Lahadlik ner shachanika, sha'asanisim, and shachyanu. If you are being yotze, not through lighting your own menorah, but by looking at someone else's menorah, because remember, you could do this. Let's say I don't, I'm not going to be home, and I walk by someone else's home, I see their menorah in their window, I could be yotze with their menorah if I, if I don't have the ability to light on my own. If that's the case, on the first night, I only say two brachas, the brach of Sha'asanisim and Shechianu. Obviously, I'm not going to say Lahadlik Ner Shechanukah because I am not kindling a Hanukkah candle. And of course, on the subsequent nights, if you're lighting your own menorah, Two brachos, lahadlik sha'asanisim, and if you're observe, if you're being yotzei through through observation, through looking at someone else's menorah, just sha'asanisim. So the Gemara says, by the way, the heichan tzivanu. How can you say asher kiddushah v'sosavet tzivanu on menorah? It's not a darais. Chashbarachu didn't command us to light the, to kindle the menorah. So how could I say asher kiddushah v'sosavet tzivanu? How can you say that? To which the Gemara says, heichan tzivanu milosaser. Do not veer, do not deviate from what the rabbis tell you, right? So if the rabbis, if the Chazal tell us to do something, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands us to listen to Chazal. And therefore we can say, which is interesting because according to this logic, it almost sounds like every Durabanon, every rabbinic law has a quasi element of a Daraisa associated with it. Makes sense. Pretty incredible. So the Gemara it from the Pasuk. From 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 uh, from Dvarim, ask your father, and he will tell you. The father in this case is a reference to Chazal. Beautiful. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Masni Lebehedjo Amarav Koshiva Mitzvas Lulav. So Rav Nachman wrote this explicitly in the name of Rav. We make a bracha on Lulav all seven days. So we know this halacha. We make a bracha on Lulav all seven days, even though again the first day is Doraisa. Rest of the days are Durabanan. We make a bracha on Lulav each and every time we fulfill the mitzvah, whether that's one time per day or any number of times per day. Tarabanan. Haosis sukkaliatzma omer baruch shechiyanu. So this is actually very beautiful. Bryce says a person makes a sukkah for themselves. You can actually make the bracha of shechiyanu while you're making the sukkah. Nichnas leisheba, when you go in to fulfill the mitzvah. Omer Barak Asher Gisham Asher Kedushanu Vesasav Yisrael Leisheba Sokah. So when you go into the sukkah, you make the bracha Leisheba Sokah. Haisas Suyava Omedes. What happens if your sukkah was already built? It was already built. Im Yachol Lechadish Badavar. Say if you could add something new to the walls, to the schach, Mevarich. Then you can make a shechiyano on it before Yamtiv. Im Lav. But if, you, if you're not adding anything new, the structure was already there, then you can't make a shachiyanu on the creation of the sukkah because the sukkah was already created. 
What can you do? Then when you go into the sukkah the first time, you can make the bracha of Leisheba sukkah and Shechiyano. This is very beautiful. Ravashi said, I saw Rav Kahana, he organized all of these brachas on Kiddush. What Rav Kahana did was, he did not make the Shechiyano on Sukkah when building his Sukkah. Rather, he made the Shechiyano on Sukkah as part of Kiddush. Now, the truth is, the advantage of doing that is, if you delay the Shechiyano till Kiddush, that Shechiyano devolves upon two things. It devolves upon the Sukkah, and it devolves upon the yamtiv, so you get uh, you get more punch right for your shachiyana, right? Your shachiyana packs a greater punch if you. And this, of course, is how we practice today. We don't make the shachiyana when creating or when constructing the sukkah. Rather, we leave the shachiyana to kiddush, and ultimately again recite shachiyana and ali shev basukkah as part of kiddush, and that shachiyana goes both on the sukkah as well as the yamtiv. Incredible. Amravash Sigmar says, "Falsarabanon." Well, how you the of mitzvahs? Harbe, this is a beautiful Gemara. Let's say a person has a lot of mitzvahs in front of him. A lot of mitzvahs. So the Gemara says, <clears throat> for example, Rashi says over here, let's say it's Cholamayit Sokis. So you can have the following situation. You have to put on tefillin, or, or let's say again right here, you know, you have to put on tefillin, you have to put on tzitzis, you have to take the lulav, and you have to sit in the sukkah. So the Gemara says, so you have all these mitzvahs. How do you find the mitzvahs? Harbe, Omer. Baruch Asher Al Hamitzvos. Fascinating. So let's say again, it's Chalamite, it's something a person wears tefillin on Chalamite. I have tefillin, sukkah, tzitzis, lulav. So the Gemara suggests over here, excuse me, the Braissa says, instead of making an individual brach on each of those mitzvahs, say, Baruch Atah Hashem Alokinim Alacholam, Asher Kiddushanom Bemitzvosavitzivanu Al Hamitzvos. You've commanded on this, and that covers everything. Rabbi Huda Omer, no. No, no, no. Mevarich al kol achaz va'achaz bivmeatzma. Each mitzvah gets its own bracha. Amar Rabbi Zeir Vitim Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. Hilchasak Rabbi Yehuda. The Allah Chafaz Rabbi Yehuda that each mitzvah gets its own bracha. Va'amar Rabbi Zeir Vitim Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. My time is Rabbi Yehuda. Why does Rabbi Yehuda hold that each bracha, each mitzvah gets its own bracha? Because understand, the beauty of the of the Rice's approach is. You know, a bracha is a very serious thing. It contains the name of Hashem. One would think that maybe there is a logic to condensing bracha. So Yudah says, no, we make a bracha on each, every individual mitzvah. Why? Based on the positive concept from Tilim, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Bless Hashem each and every day. So the Gemara says, Do you only bless God by day and not at night? Rather, what it means is, each and every day, on a, on, a, on, a, on a technical level, what it's saying is, each and every day, you should give HaKadosh Baruch Hu a praise that is unique to that day. That's why during the week, our tefillos look one way. On Shabbos, our tefillos look a different way. On Yom Div, they look still a different way. That's it's Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Each and every day, bless Hashem in accordance with that day. So Rabbi Huda says, Hachanami bechal davar v'davar tein lo me'in berchosav. So too, again, give HaKadosh Baruch Hu the proper credit for each and every mitzvah. The same way that we don't just have one davening, one size that fits all for every single day, but that tefillah always reflects the unique nature of the day. So too, by mitzvahs, give HaKadosh Baruch Hu the appropriate pr praise for each and every individual mitzvah. It's so beautiful. If you think about it also on a deeper level, although Asher Kiddushanam Mitzvah Mitzvah Al HaMitzvos, Sounds like a good idea in that you catch all the mitzvahs in one basket. 
one could run the risk ultimately again of making it look like you're bundling everything together. You know, when you bundle stuff together, sometimes it minimizes the individual importance of each of those particular items. Each mitzvah is so powerful. Each mitzvah blankets us with a different level of holiness. Each mitzvah connects us to the Ribbono Shal Olam in a different way. Every mitzvah has its message. Every mitzvah has its shefa. Every mitzvah has its koach, has its power. You can't say a sherki the shamasosavitsivano ala mitzvos. That doesn't work. You can't do that. Because not that, that makes all mitzvos the same. Mitzvos are not the same. Every single mitzvah does something different for our neshamas. And it's so important for us to know this, because often we got this mitzvah, starting mitzvahs, each and every mitzvah, each and every mitzvah, it's like an ingredient, right? You, you want to make a beautiful, a beautiful food item, you need a whole bunch of different ingredients. You don't say, oh, what's, what's the recipe? You put in ingredients. Well, what, what, what ingredients? No, ingredients, don't worry about it, just ingredients. Right? So you can't, you, can't make a, you can't make a delicacy, which is something called ingredients. You have to know, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. My goal, is to create a, a, a beautiful version, a holy version of myself. How do I do that? I need the right ingredients. What are the ingredients? The ingredients are mitzvahs. The ingredients are each mitzvah is its own ingredient, and each mitzvah gives a unique flavor. Each mitzvah actualizes a different, a different hidden flavor. Each mitzvah speaks to Manasham in different ways. You can't say, so you have tefillin, lulav, sukkah, tzitzis. You can't say, all ingredients, all mitzvahs. No. Right? Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Tein lo b'chosav me'en yom yom. B'chol dabra b'dabra tein lo b'chosav. Bless the Baruch of each and every mitzvah. Because each and every mitzvah contributes something unique to the totality of the person I yearn to become. An incredible gemara. Last line. This is so beautiful. See how Akalish Baruch is so different than people. Midas basar v'adam. Klei reikon. Amad beis. Machzik mole eno machzik says interesting. You know, in the physical world, a utensil that is full cannot contain anything else. So if you want to, if you want to put something in a utensil, you need the utensil to be empty. So listen to this. So in the physical world, in the human world, so a full utensil can't hold anything else. You can't put anything else into it. So you have to put. If you want to add something, you need an empty utensil. Only a full utensil is capable of receiving more. An empty utensil is not capable of receiving anything. What does this mean? Shinema, listen to how beautiful this is. The Gemara here quotes the Pasik. Now, if you listen to the word, the word sounds strange. It will be. If you will hear. You will hear. So the Gemara says, what does that mean? If you're willing to listen, if you are really, if you've listened, tishma, you will hear more. But if you don't want to listen, lo tishma, you won't hear more. What does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. This is so beautiful. Im shamoa tishma, Rashi says, im hurgalta lishmoa as tishma, lahosif. If you've habituated or accustomed yourself to listening, to listening, to understanding, to taking in messages, to taking in mitzvahs, to taking in meaning, to taking in musr. If you've accustomed yourself to listen, im shamoa, tishma, then you'll learn more. Then you'll learn more. But if not, Rashi says, lav, tisa ozna ozen And Rashi says, if you didn't habituate yourself in your youth to listen, lo tishma, you're not going to listen in the future. What, 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 what does this mean? What, what the Gemara is saying is something so beautiful. 
that a person has to make themselves into a shomea. And what does it mean to be a listener? To be a listener, you know, when, when do you listen? Let, let's be honest. When do you listen to someone else? When you actually feel that they have something to teach you, right? If a person thinks, I know everything, there's nothing else I need to know, I'm not gonna listen. I don't, I don't need to hear what you have to say because I know it. And whatever you have to say is gonna be wrong. Either I know it already, or if I don't know it, it's probably wrong. In life, you have to be a you have to be a listener. You have to be a mechabel. You have to be someone who's willing to learn, who's willing to receive, which ultimately is predicated in an identity of change. You see, if a person is willing to change, and change in all different ways, I just want to be better, I just want to be different, I just always want to grow. A person has a growth mentality, a change mentality. I'm always listening. I'm always listening. I'm always receptive. Such a person, because you've been listening, Tishma, you'll go ahead and you'll be able to hear. But if a person is not a shmei, a person is not a listener, a person is not a makabal, person is not interested in change, a person is complacent where they are, it means you haven't been listening. And if you haven't been listening until now, you're not going to be listening in the future as well. Now, of course, a person could always change, but human nature is such that we form habits and more often than not, it's very difficult to break those habits. Such an incredible yisod. So what it means is, by Kodesh Baruch Hu, if your kli is full, right? Your kli is full, your tensile, meaning you've been listening throughout life. You've been ingesting the messages, the meaning, the musr. Then you will continue to ingest because you have a growth change mentality. But if your utensil is empty because you don't have a growth change mentality, you haven't been listening, then unfortunately, the utensil may continue to remain empty until you decide to change your mentality, to change your mindset. So incredible. Another possibility is, this is very interesting, if you hear the old, which means, Rashi says, if you review your learning, if you review your learning, you'll be able to learn more in the future, which is pretty incredible on a basic level. What the Gemara is saying here is, if you hazard what you've learned, you'll be able to retain it. If you retain it, that'll better prepare you for what you learn in the future. It's a beautiful idea. So the Gemara goes weiter. But if you turn your heart away, Rashi says that ultimately, again, if you give up on reviewing, right? If you give up and you say, ah, what I learned, I learned, but I'm not even going to try to retain it, then unfortunately, again, it's much more difficult to learn things going forward. Now, a person can always learn things going forward. What it's saying is, if I learn and I hazard and I review, then I retain. And when I retain, we see this in Dafyomi, there are concepts that come up all of the time. You know, sometimes we learn something like, I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. I don't know where I heard it. Maybe I heard it like two days ago. Maybe I heard it two years ago. But might say, if I hazard, the knowledge becomes mine. And so as I go forward and build on that knowledge, I'm able to use what I learned to pave the way for what I'm going to learn in the future. An incredible yisod. So Miyatinoko, so we'll say, so remember again, the Mishnah said that, um, they had an interesting custom, an interesting custom. The Mishnah says, They would take the lulavim from the kids and they would eat the esrogim of the kids as well. So the Gemara says as follows, Rabbi Yochanan says, Esrog is asr, which means you can't eat it on the seventh day of Yom Tiv, but you can eat it on the eighth, which would be Shmini Atzeres. Sukkah, you can't get benefit from the sukkah. So you couldn't use the decorations or the wood of the schach for anything, even on the eighth day. Not only on the seventh day, on the eighth day as well. 
Reish Lakish on Reish Lakish says, Lakish says you can even eat your esrog on the seventh day once you did the mitzvah. And the Gemara says as follows. What are they arguing about? Listen to this. Reish Lakish holds that ultimately, again, both the sukkah as well as the as well as the esrog, or let's focus on the esrog, is only set aside for mitzvah use when you need it for the mitzvah. But let's say, for example, on the seventh day of sukkah, once you have fulfilled the mitzvah of esrog, there's nothing more to talk about, right? In other words, it's done. You fulfilled the mitzvah. There, there's no, in other words, once you fulfill the mitzvah, you're over. So once you fulfill the mitzvah, you want to eat the esrog on the seventh day after you fulfill the mitzvah, that's totally fine. Rabbi Yochan, on the other hand, holds that no, the mitzvah esrog is set aside for mitzvah use the entire sukkah, which means through the end of the seventh day. So whereas Rish Lakish would say, after Shachras, after Rosh Hashanah, you could eat your esrog if you want, because you finished the mitzvah, Rabbi Yochanan would say it's set aside for mitzvah the entire day of Yom Tov. So you would not be able to eat it until Shmini Atzeres. So the Gemara says, Eisri Rish Lakish Rabbi Yochanan, Rish Lakish raised the kashat Rabbi Yochanan, Mi'at Hinoko Shomna Sulevein of Ochlan Esrogehen. Right, the Mishnah said that it sounds like on the seventh day of Yom Tov, they would take the esrogim of the kids, and they would eat them. My love, who adin legidolim? Does it not mean that they would take the esrogim of the adults? Also, what does it mean? Just esrogim of kids. It sounds like what the Mishnah is saying is, on this on the seventh day of Yom Tov, when they finished the mitzvah of lulav and esrog, they would take the esrogim and they would eat the esrogim. To which the Gemara says, "Lo tinokos dafka." No, no, no. It was only the 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 esrogim of the children. Because remember again, an esrog of a child is not really hooked to the mitzvah. Since the child is a katan, katan is not really chayiv in mitzvahs. Therefore, the esrog doesn't really have that full mitzvah designation. So the esrog of a, of a child, you could use on the seventh day after you after the child used it for the mitzvah. But the esrog of an adult, perhaps, you would not be able to use until Shemini Yatzeres. Igid Amri, others have an alternate version of this. Eisra b'yochan l'reish lakish, miyat ha-tinoko shomtenes l'levehem, v'ochlen esrogehen. So in this version, Rabbi Yochanan is asking Rish Lakish that the Mishnah says on the seventh day of Yom Tiv, they would take the esrogim from the kids. So the Gemara says Tinokos in Tinokos in Gedolim. Rabbi Yochanan says it's only for the children, not the adults. You see from here that Allah Lamaisa, the esrogim of the adults was set aside for non-use for the entire seventh day of Yom Tiv. To which the Rish Lakish would say, Lo, gidolim. It could be they even took the esrogim of the gedolim. That's which is said children, because that was the normative case. Take, in other words, I guess by adults, you're not going to go and chap someone's uh, esrog, right? But by children, you could take the esrog from them, okay? So here's what's interesting. Rabbi Yochanan has a fascinating right. Rabbi Yochanan holds that you cannot eat the esrog until the end of the seventh day, really, until the eighth day. But sukkah is asr up until up until the ninth day, right? You can't through you you can't use you can't get enough from your sukkah. Meaning, me you can't repurpose the schaf or eat the decorations until after shmini atzeres. So why that distinction? So this is very interesting. So the gemara says, "Amalei sukkah de chazina leben Because listen to this sukkah. Technically speaking, let's say I will say it's day number seven. It's day number seven, and it's ben hashmashos twilight period, and you wanna you wanna eat something. Where do you eat Ben Hashmashas on day number seven? Remember, this is day number seven going into eight. So it's the Ben Hashmashas between day seven and day eight. Where do you eat? You eat in the Sukkah. Because Ben Hashmashas is Safek Yom, Safek Laila. Is it day seven? Is it day eight? So you have to eat in the Sukkah just out, out of Safek. Listen to this. So the Gemara says, So essentially, now what you've done is you've taken that Ben Hashmashas 
and you've kind of attached it to the seventh day. Now that Ben Hashmoshos becomes a part of Sukkis. Omigo does Katsur the Ben Hashmoshos is Katsur the Kuliyoma. Here's what's interesting. Once the sukkah pretty much becomes set aside for non-use because you've used the Ben Hashmoshos, the Ben Hashmoshos identity follows it through the entirety of eighth day. In other words, since Ben Hashmoshos is, is kind of no man's land, it may be day seven, maybe day eight, since if you utilize that sukkah on Ben Hashmoshos of day seven into eight, essentially you've now concretized or solidified that sukkah identity for the Ben Hashmoshos, which then again bleeds into the eighth day as well, since the Ben Hashmoshos itself has Shmini Atzeres identity as well. So since if you were to want a snack on Ben Hashmoshos between the seventh day and the eighth day, you would have to eat it in the sukkah. Once it was set aside as a sukkah Ben Hashmoshos, that identity follows it into the entirety of the eighth day as well, into Shmini Atzeres, because that Ben Hashmoshos partially belongs to Shmini Atzeres as well. Therefore, you can't get any Hanar from the sukkah on Shmini Atzeres as well. And you'd have to wait until, you'd have to wait until um, the ninth day in order to derive Hanah. So the Gemara says, Esrug, to lo chazil ben hashmoshos, lo iskatzai le ben hashmoshos, velo iskatzai le kuliyom adishmini. Esrug, there's no such thing, Esrug, once taken in the morning, you're done. There's no such thing as like, oh, I, I have a yearning to take the Esrug later on in the day. Okay, if you take it later on in the day, that's fine, you can take whatever you want, but the mitzvah is done in the morning. Once the mitzvah is done, it's done. So there's never a case of a ben hashmoshos situation by an Esrug, which is very interesting. So the Gemara Levi, Amar Levi says, Esrug afilu bishmini aser. Levi holds it out, you can't even use your Esrug on Shmini Atzeres as well. Vavod Shmuel, Amar Esrug bishvi aser bishmini motor. Father of Shmuel said, Esrug is going to be aser on Shvi, but on Shmini it's going to be motor. Kam avod Shmuel bishitase de Levi. So ultimately, again, the father of Shmuel established himself like the sheet of Levi. Kam Rabbi Zera bishitase davod Shmuel. And Rabbi Zera ultimately held like the father of Shmuel. Like the father of Shmuel. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, Da'am Rabbi Zera, Esrug shenifsala, Asr la'ochla kol shiva. That if an Esrug becomes apostle, Ultimately, again, you can't eat it all seven days, which seems to indicate to us that Allah for seven days, the esrog is set aside for non-use, but Allah again, on day number eight, you could already go ahead and eat it. A side point over here, the Gemara says, person should not go ahead and be makna their lulav to a child on the first day of Yom Tiv. Why not? My time, the yinuka makni kone aknuye lo makne. A child has the ability to acquire, but doesn't have the ability to convey ownership. So if on the first day of Yom Tiv, I have not fulfilled, let's say I haven't fulfilled Mitzvah Lulav and Esrik, and I want to let my child go ahead and do it. I give my Lulav and Esrik to my child, they could acquire it. The problem is they can't convey ownership back, which then means I don't own that Lulav and Esrik. And if I don't own that Lulav and Esrik on day one, I'm not Yotzei the Mitzvah. Ultimately, again, it turns out, it turns out that a person would, would not have a lulav of his own to be yotzei the mitzvah. Plus, there's an incredible muster in this also that a child, the yinuka miknakani aknuyelo makne, a child could acquire miknakani but can't convey, which is such an incredible. You know what Chazala teaching us? What does it mean to be a child? To be a child means you could be a taker, but you're not a giver. A child could take, but a child can't give. That's what it means to be a child. Human beings, by definition, are selfish, self-centered, egocentric. That, that's almost like a default setting. 
So when we're children, when we're children, children naturally grab things, children naturally take things, right? When the child is playing, they take a toy from another child. That, that's normal. That, that's not a pegam in the midas of the kid. That's, that's the way children, that's our inherent, innate disposition to be takers. The challenge is that some of us remain children throughout life. The challenge is you could be a biological adult, but chas v'shalom still have the mentality of a child. If I'm makne kani aknu lo makne, Sometimes the chas go light, go flavor, we say, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want to take, I want to take, I want to take, but yet I don't give. I don't give. And we have to be so careful with this because it's so easy to fall into that childish mindset of magiali. Something's, it's, it's owed to me. It's owed to me. You owe me, you owe me, you owe me. I'm, I'm owed this, I'm owed that. Everyone owes me. I, what do I owe anyone else? Nothing. That's a child. That's a yenuka. Yenuka mikna koni A child takes, but doesn't able to give. An adult takes, because all of us have to take at different times. We all need to take, and whether it's materially, emotionally, spiritually, but an adult knows how to give as well. That's the, the, here lies the fundamental difference between a child and an adult. A child knows how to take, doesn't know how to give. An adult has to know when to take, but also has to become proficient in the art of giving. In a person should not say to his child, this is actually an interesting episode, you shouldn't promise your kids something and then not deliver, which is something that probably most parents often do, right? Don't promise something to your kid. Don't promise your child that you're going to give them something and ultimately, again, not deliver. Why? Because my child could learn to lie from me. In other words, if I make a promise, it's, it, by the way, it's such as the Gemara says, They taught their tongues to speak falsehood. Such an incredible yisod. Just on the most basic level, what the Gemara is saying is to model the right behavior for our children. We've spoken of this so many times that our children remember very little of what we say, but they remember almost everything that we do. So the Gemara saying, model the right behavior for your children. So if I wanna teach my child to be honest, if honesty is a value that I hold dear, then the Gemara says you have to model honesty, even in the most basic thing, that if you promise something to your child, make sure to deliver. Because if you promise something and you don't come through, the child's, oh, my father's a liar. Maybe not a malicious liar, right? Maybe not an intentional liar, but a liar nevertheless. And we have to be so careful with this because being a parent means being constantly vigilant with what we do and how we act because our children are taking it all in. They're observing each and every one of our actions. They're observing our mannerisms. They're observing how we act and react under stress. They're, they're observing how we, how, we, how, we, how we celebrate. They observe how we mourn. They observe how we interact with our spouse. They observe everything. So the Gemara says they observe if we honor our promises. If we wanna teach our children honesty and integrity, Whatever you promise, whatever you say, whatever you promise you're going to do, you say you're going to do, do it. Whatever values, ideas, and ideals you espouse, make sure to live up to them. We'll stop over here for today, and Amir Tashem, we will continue tomorrow with the rest of Membab, the rest of Zayn. We'll also get to the Halacha Lamaisa regarding at what point in time does Esr become usable, permitted for regular use, 
And does lulav become permitted for regular use as well? Let's say again, I'm going to wish everyone a good tavach, even though you'll probably see this on Sunday already. But wishing everyone a wonderful, a good tavach, a beautiful Sunday. And I look forward to continuing our learning together. Cult. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.